Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 154 tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Phenomenon, the uh, new documentary by James Fox. came out a couple days ago. And um, before we get into it, why don't you check out our Patreon page at uh, patreon.com slash mindescapepodcast. For $2 a month, you'll get exclusive content. We have a bunch of uh, extra content on there if you want to check that out uh, we also have shirts that just came in so we'll be figuring that out as well um, and then when you're done heading there head on over to indrasweb.org and sign up to get an alert when the app goes live and um, it's an app we created dedicated to rational discourse on all these fringe and alternative topics and um, check it out so beautiful beautiful what's going on not much man what's the good word I don't know. Um, you know, the last couple of days have been kind of hectic. We had a lot of stuff going on, a couple cancellations, yeah, things of that nature. Things you know, you can't avoid that stuff sometimes. So you just got to keep rolling. But um, you know, I texted you the other day, like we got to check out this documentary. And when you realized it was twenty dollars, you <laughs> bowed out. <laughs> well, I didn't want to buy the thing. Well, <clears throat> I would say. I hate paying that much too. I like renting things, you know, four or five bucks, fine, For 20 sure. bucks. But I had an Amazon gift card, so I'm like, why not? Um, oh, nice, nice. And it was worth it. I mean, I felt like it was one of the better UFO documentaries um, I've probably seen. Uh, it was narrated by Peter Coyote. Do you know who that is? No. <sighs> He's an actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's, I think, mostly in like the 90s, but he he narrates like a lot of documentaries on like the West and like native Americans and stuff like that. You should pull up his picture. I think you'd uh, know who he is, but uh, he's got like a nice voice for it. It's like perfect. So I thought that that was a, a, a great voice. I thought there uh, was another actor that was tied to it too. And I pulled <clears> up the, the credits there. Is there, did someone like produce it? Well, the guy that made it's James Fox. I don't know who, um, I mean, they had like, you know, all the politicians and, you know, like Harry Reid and right. Bill Clinton. Like, it's all like clips, you know, it's all clips from the the thing I liked most about it actually was that there was a lot of footage I've never seen. Um, and like a lot of extended footage of just clips you normally see, but you don't normally see the full clip. And they showed a lot of the full clips, which I, I liked. So, oh, you know what? I was mistaken. I thought it's a Jamie Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My bad. Welcome home, mycology. We see you down there. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was worth it. I think you should definitely check it out. I mean, I don't know if it'll be for at a lower price at some point, but I think you can get it on the non-HD for fifteen. Not that I mean, if you're going to buy, it, you might as well buy it. But oh, I didn't even see that option. But yeah, yeah you know, I, I would assume that this one's a little better caliber because the other ones are just not that they were poor caliber, but they were just free on Netflix and stuff. This one actually is a uh, a movie that was released. So, well, this one wasn't really didn't have like an agenda. Like a lot of documentaries, 
I mean, there is an agenda, but it's not, it's not what you think it is in the sense that like when you watch some of these UFO documentaries, there's a lot of, you know, ego stuff. And then you get a lot of like non-clip things and narratives placed in there and stuff like that. So this was kind of just like purely either interviews with people directly correlated to the whole UFO thing via military and government and stuff like that. But then it was also, um, you had a lot of, like I said, like extended clips of, uh, you know, jail and Heineck and, you know, the Rua Zimbabwe stuff and all that stuff. So it's actually spoiler alert too. I don't want to ruin this if you're waiting to see it. I mean, we're not going to, that was what I was going to ask you. I, I know you wanted to get the episode in real fast, but yeah, I'm sure a lot of these people haven't seen this thing. So we'll, we'll tread lightly folks. Well, I mean, I think, I don't know how you, I, I've never really, unless it's like a Game of Thrones type thing when you don't want to know who gets killed in the next, right. you know, there's not really anything that, like if you're already familiar with the whole UFO topic or, you know, all these, the history of it and stuff like that, you probably know almost everything in it. So it's not like one of those things where there's like some crazy secret interview that's never been, it's just a lot of like extra footage and um, longer clips and stuff like that. So, um, did you look up Peter Coyote? <laughs> yeah, I did. He looks like a coyote. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, you, you, did you like recognize him? I mean, he, like I said, he's been in movies. Um, no, hmm. maybe his younger self. Yeah, that's what I was saying, like in the 90s, that would have been 30 years ago or 25 years ago at this point. <clears throat> he was an Aaron Brockovich, Sphere, E.T., yeah. so oh, he's yeah. got some stuff in his, uh, his was catalog. Was he the dad from E.T.? I think he was. Well, he's definitely a lot older. Now. Is he, he's not British. Oh, he's an American actor. All yeah, right, he's well, American. Yeah. Um, Patch Adams. He's got a nice, <clears throat> this, uh, not discography, but... A nice uh, catalog of stuff. All right, so again, spoiler alert. If you want to see this documentary and you, things easily ruin stuff for you, abort. So <laughs> um, so it starts off with like the whole Kenneth Arnold Mount Rainier sightings um, in Washington in 1947. I think he's the one that coined the term flying saucer. Hmm. Um, not too interested. Or I'm not too uh, familiar with those. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. You should have checked this documentary out because it goes through the history. And I know you're not really that familiar. I mean, I know you're interested in the topic, but you're not really that familiar with a lot of like the detailed stuff. Well, I, I know the top, the, the, the big boys, the, the five that we did because we made that little uh, movie on it, but I've never heard of one around Mount Rainier. It's interesting because I want to hike around that bad boy. Yeah, you should go visit our buddy Lee. I don't know if he lives directly over there, but I know he lives out that way. Yeah, he, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like the first where it starts off and then goes into this McMillan sighting. I want to say that that was in Oregon, maybe 1950. So it starts off West coast, uh-huh. right after, uh, world war two. And then, um, you get to Gordon Cooper and Gordon Cooper was an astronaut. And, uh, I believe he was seeing a lot of weird stuff too. There was a show on, I don't know if it was Discovery Channel a few years ago. It was called Cooper's Treasure, and it was this guy who became friends with Cooper, like a younger guy. He was like a treasure hunter. His family was like treasure hunters, and they went searching. They had this, like, map of all these spots in the ocean off, like, you know, Bahamas and Bermuda Mm -hmm. and all these, like, different locations. 
Um, and supposedly there's some weird metal signatures that he was gathering this data from space, Gordon Cooper, when they were, you know, in space, uh, looking down on earth. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so that's an interesting show. So people should check that out if, if they, they're fascinated by that kind of stuff. Cause I think that there's probably some crossover there to some degree. Um, so yeah, th- and then it goes into that. So it's like all the early year stuff. And then it goes into, there was some, st- some ones I wasn't familiar with like Nash and Fortenberry, uh, who were pilots who saw stuff over the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, they saw like a, like glowing red objects doing 90 degree turns at 12,000 miles an hour, supposedly. So, I mean, again, this stuff has been happening since the forties and we know we've talked about this before sightings go back since the beginning of conscious man writing these things down or, you know, yeah, uh, marking them down. Yeah, it's wild. It's easy to chalk it up to nowadays when we have drones and all this crazy technology. But if you go back that far, it's like, what could this possibly be? I mean, <clears throat> the weird thing to me is is like how different everything is. Like it's an orb. It's a tic-tac. It's a triangle. You know, there's so many different shapes and variables and sizes and, you know, there's nothing that's really that you I mean, kind of, I guess you could say the flying saucer or the disc is kind of the main archetype of the saucers, but as we see behind you there, looks like, <laughs> looks like you were out, you're on Mars or something. <clears throat> I am. <laughs> uh, Coming I actually, live from Mars, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> no true story. I was on Adobe, um, looking through their pictures and I saw that and it's kind of almost exactly what I saw in like a meditation one time I was, it was like a meditation that like slid into lucid dreaming. Um, and I was laying there in my bed just, um, and to my left, everything turned red. And then there was like a flying saucer disc to my left, like a, like a few hundred uh, meters to my left, like hovering, like slowly, like making like a low frequency, like hum. So that was kind of a weird thing. Um, again, I was like meditating and in like a lucid dreaming type state. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, but yeah, so I saw that picture. I'm like, oh, that's kind of crazy. That's pretty similar to what I uh, experienced. Have you ever had any weird dreams or anything having to do with UFOs? Or well, I've been partaking in the sober October, so I haven't been having any cannabis in the last week. And I, my dreams have been absolutely insane. <clears throat> I believe it. Nothing, um, nothing really uh, extraterrestrial, but I did have something. It, it was more of a fantasy, like a Game of Thrones type thing. But yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I actually woke up this morning and had. I, I've been working on some music, and I, I, I got two songs. I'm going to be doing a music video, but I actually had this really good idea pop into my head about a music video idea and. Uh, I think I'm going to try and go with it, but yeah, it's interesting how when you're in that realm between being in sleep and awake, ideas come to you and, uh, it's hard to remember them. So I try and write them all down. I think, um, yeah, some of my best ideas have actually come in like the shower or, um, at night, like, you know, I'll turn the TV off for a little bit and just like meditate or sit in darkness those are usually when my best ideas come to me yeah 
Well, it was, it was a good continuation because a lot of my good ideas come when I'm running and I do that right <clears> in the morning. So it was like I woke up, I had this idea, then I went running and I pondered on it more and, and, and it, more and more ideas came from it. So I kind of like that little ritual. I think I'm going to try and do that more often. But yeah, for sure, having no cannabis, I don't know if it's because I'm not getting into the deep, deep REM because the cannabis would allow me to or... I don't know. I think it's because I'm kind of sleeping lighter right now, but I do know when I when I partake in cannabis, a lot of the time I don't have dreams at all. On that episode with Matthew Walker on Joe Rogan a while back, he was like a sleep expert. Um, he was saying that that's a problem for a lot of people, either like drinking or smoking, uh, bud or whatever interrupts your like REM cycle. And he was saying that Technically, that sleep is still valid, but it's not as quality, I guess, because you're not going through like the natural progressions of it or something like that, if I remember. Well, you have to weigh your options. If you have really trouble sleeping and you turn to cannabis and you get some sleep from it, that's better than no sleep. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm all about the CBD and uh, I started taking melatonin again, too, because I do have problems sleeping. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to try and get more into the CBD, the less of the psychoactive stuff. And I know they have like CBD cigarettes. They have actually strands of cannabis that are way higher in CBD and a lot lower in the THC. So maybe I'll get a little THC treat <laughs> with some of that CBD stuff. But I think the CBD is the the more beneficial for the medicinal stuff. Yeah. THC has its own stuff yeah. but and you if, know if it's legal where you are and you can partake then yes yes they yes. say that the 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 50 50 of cbd the ratio to thc is the best because they somehow counterbalance each other but 100 percent. yeah i was talking to a, a, a big grower dude and he's like if you ever smoke too much uh you can counter it with a cbd either a pill or the tincture stuff like that mm-hmm so, um, back to the UFO stuff. Dun, dun, dun. Um, what were we talking about last year? Oh, we were talking about, uh, Gordon Cooper, the astronaut, and then those two pilots that saw, okay. So then it goes into, I don't know if you're familiar with the famous sighting. I think it's 1952 over, um, the white house in Washington, DC. I think it was like seven blips on the radar or something, and then they scrambled the jets, and then these things just disappear. Um, and then it goes into like the CIA Blue Book stuff, J. Allen Hynek and Jacques Vallée. Mm-hmm. Hynek and Vallée were working together on some things, and um, I guess Hein or uh, Vallée found something in Hynek's files uh, that helped him see that there's some other, you know, parts of whether it's like a private program or uh, one of these outside companies, there's something else that d- that does happen that people aren't aware of. So, I mean, that could mean anything. It can mean that they're testing things. It could mean that they're retrieving things. I mean, who really knows? Exactly. <clears throat> um, I mean, how do you feel about the whole subject too? Do you think? Do you think it is? our technology or do you think that um or someone's technology or do you think it's like a breakaway civilization you know maybe some rich people figured it out or somebody from the past had figured it out and pop in and out or do you think it's something from somewhere completely elsewhere well i'd like to believe that it's 
aliens coming from space just because that's the 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 better uh the more fun theory but i don't know is it the most dangerous though too (laughs) yeah but i at the same time i think that if a civilization is is that advanced that they can traverse uh light years away that they would not be resorting to all the negative things that people think are like you know like an independence day movie scenario i just don't see that because the whole like in my in my spiritual awakening the when you're vibrating at the higher frequencies you don't even succumb to the the negative the fear and the, the you know the hate and all that kind of stuff it's all more like you're always just trying to get to the love and i don't know i i i, I would assume that if a if a race of creatures was to the level where they could go across the galaxy that they would probably be immersed within that love and they would probably have better intentions with what they were going to do with us. That's, that's the way I look at it, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think on yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, well, I feel like if they were going to do something, what they would have already done it. Hey, that's the other point. Yeah. I mean, like, right. I mean, what would be, I mean, you could go to like the zoo hypothesis, which is that we're being like cultivated in some zoo, like, um, earth terrarium, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but, Ah, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> but then, I mean, what do you think about that specific one, the zoo one? I mean, it, that that one's kind of dark in a way, right? Because I mean, but that's also like a commentary on us too, the way we treat animals. I mean, look, we all have to eat; everything eats. I mean, things can only live through process of death. So, right, whether it's well, plants or whatever, you can't eat dirt. I mean, I guess you could. I don't know how long you'd survive though. I think we had a guest on. We were talking about the uh, being Earth bias. Yeah, and I think that uh, has Matt a lot. Tiller, shout out to Matt. Oh, okay, that was Matt. Okay, Tiller yeah, for real. I, I really think that that's a big part to play because we we all we know is what we know, and we don't know much. So <laughs> it's hard for us to come to conclusions other than the things that we that we've witnessed in our own time, which is you know conquering other you know civilizations and taking t- taking civilizations that are not as advanced and enslaving them and things like that so it's like i don't know it's easy for us to go down that 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 rabbit hole but i i think again if something's moving across the galaxy they're going to have a better intention and i don't think they're just i i i could you know there is there is a some gravitas to having them come down and watch us cuz again, you know, we we do study ants and stuff like that. So I I don't know. It could but go a million different ways. And you pointed out that like the evil nature of things like from our own history and just the way that we've acted in the past, like you've done evil things to each other and mm-hmm. how we're kind of at this point now where everybody for the most part realizes everything that's pretty much happened to this point via the internet and things we can piece together and stuff like that. So I think that that is part of that is in our psyche with it with, when it comes to like the fear aspect of it, because it's like all we, you mentioned all we know is what we know. So when all we know is us and we've seen what we're capable of and what we've done, things should be scared in my opinion. Right. So, I mean, maybe they're scared for us. Obviously maybe we're not a threat to them. If you're like, you mentioned they have the crazy technology to traverse time and space or galaxies or whatever. We might not be an exact threat to them, but maybe we held some importance or some value that we're not aware of. I don't know. 
I like to I like to gravitate more towards the idea that it's some kind of interdimensional thing going on where whatever it may be, um, maybe it is us from the future. I don't know, but the 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 stuff that really stands out to me is that John Mackey with the kids uh, and John Mack, John Mack, yeah, in the rural rural Zimbabwe episode. That's the one that is probably my favorite to look into because. Kids are are pretty, are, you know, they're, you they're not going to make the twenty dollars and watch the documentary because <laughs> there's like twenty minutes at the end of this uh, documentary on it. But so, well, take us through that little tidbit. But again, the kids aren't going to lie about what they saw. So the interesting I, thing to me about the documentary is they talk about a sighting, I think, from 1959 in uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, where I think an Australian guy. Um, was you know around a bunch of indigenous people and they saw something very similar to what the Rua Zimbabwe sighting kids saw which was these beans come out of the saucer and they had like these like almond shaped eyes almond shaped eyes like you know black suits you know I think longer hair or something Mm -hmm. um it just it both of them struck me as being similar and they're actually not that far um in geography from each other um comparatively you know when you're talking distances from different countries and continents and stuff so right how did the how did the movie like lay lay out the uh the information was it more as a like a timeline of yeah that's what i was going to say that yeah it starts off like i said 1947 the kind of type stuff and then starts to evolve they did roswell you know a little bit later towards the middle and then they would go into like the 60s and then you know some of the more modern day stuff Mm-hmm. You know, the A-Tip and Luis Elizondo and Chris Mellon and um, all the stuff from un- Unidentified, the Tic Tac, the Go Fast, you know, all those. So Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, goes, it went kind of in chronological order. Um, and there wasn't, again, there wasn't any, like, narrative, you know. Like, when you look at, let's see, like CE5 or... Serious, yeah. Those are well-made, you know, documentaries. But there's like a message in between some of the stuff, and there's like a narrative and like an opinion. You know what I'm saying? So it's oh like, yeah. This was more of in the style of just putting clips together of historical oh, okay. things associated with. But there was some interviews intertwined, and there, you know, but it was it's just well done in that way. Where again, the movie speaks for itself. You don't need to have that extra dialogue in there. It doesn't have Mickey York in the background. Uh, <laughs> Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke digging in. <laughs> I swear to God, you get 90% of your words have 90% of the word correct, except for like the last <laughs> vowel or something. <laughs> hey, man, there's a lot of going on in my brain. It was brain. Mickey Dork. Yeah. Um, I like that, though. You know, present the information. Let us be the judge of it. Because with this kind of stuff, you're going to look foolish to, to a certain there's no way to present this without looking uh, strange to one particular group. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you go towards one way, you say these are aliens from a different galaxy, then you're gonna upset a, a certain group. If you go the other way and say these are just people, you know, on Earth, people making are getting upset. That's what I don't understand. Like, there's no reason to get upset at any. Like, you know, I think I don't know. I just think that that comes from a place of people just not having all the information like for instance when you look into something new that you start to get passionate about you know whether 
for, okay, for instance, this, you know, like we've been doing this podcast and researching these esoteric topics and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Early on, again, I believed a lot more of some of the more magical, mystical things. That I, I'm not saying that those things don't exist. I'm just saying I believed more of a spectrum. And now I've whittled that spectrum down to a point where I kind of have a grasp on what's actually weird and fringe and that kind of a thing and what's BS and people creating narratives and lying and telling stories and stuff like that. Well, I think people are looking for something magical. They're they're always, especially with the TV and the movies and everything, it's like they want to see something extraordinary. But the, re- the reality is I was out at this park by my house and these two deer came up to me and I was just hanging out with these deer for 10 minutes. That's not that crazy, but at the moment I was like, this is, this is magical. This right here, just to be able to see an were animal. They, this were close. they zombie deer? Were they, <laughs> did they have chronic wasting disease? No, no, they were, they were, they were, they were eating, they were nibbling, right. but no, it's like, it's just that kind of stuff. And when I, sometimes when I'm running and I see birds even fly in the sky, it's like, this is, this is magical right here. So I don't know. Again, maybe that has something to do with me taking psychedelics or something like that. But I think people just take, common things in their lives as just mundane and they don't really realize how magical just being alive is altogether. And again, you see that within our society of alcohol and drugs and things like that. Everybody's trying to, to ramp up their, their experience in some way or another. And I don't think you necessarily need that. That's just for me though. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the whole, you're right about the magical, like we are living, breathing magic, but, but on, on, I think that can be used in two different ways. So I think on one end, you have like, you can use that and say, oh, we are living, breathing magic. So what else is possible? So I think that that's usually, that's the people that believe in things. That's where they come from. Like if this is possible, anything's yeah. possible. And then you have the other people saying, well, no, 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 no there's limitations, you know, and you can't do this, this, and this, and this, and those would be like the materialist, reductionist type people, and they have their own thoughts on things. So at some point, like I said, I think there's something in the middle where there is a there is something more to life that we're just not aware of, but then there's also, it's not, you know, we're not all going to some cloud, you know, some, some uh, you know, Zeus god-like character in the sky or something like that, so... I mean, my, my, my main point was that people are always looking for the, for the extraordinary. I look at the, the, some of the biggest <clears throat> franchises and movies, Star Wars and Star Trek and stuff like that. Like, people love that kind of thing. And, again, it's, yeah, it's interesting <clears throat> to a level, but uh, I don't know. Well, it's like I, all I, the Hero's Journey type stuff, too, like Joseph Campbell, Hero with a Thousand Faces. And that, that's the story that's as old as time is... Um, uh, Beauty and the Beast. No, I, it's a, it's no, it's, it's that hero. It's that hero's journey. You know, it's right. the. Um, but I think that I don't know. The whole topic itself is just weird. Um, it's weird to talk about. It's weird to think about. I was thinking hard about it. Um, last night after I watched the documentary. Um, what do I like? What what is going on? Um, and. I don't know. It's very hard to, it's not something like, you know, we talk about psychedelics and having these mystical experiences. Well, for the most part, anybody could experience that. This is something that either chooses people or it's random chance. It's not something that everybody can experience. So I think that that's why that's such a weird gray area. 
Yeah, and you keep, you know, you've asked me a couple of times about what I, what my views on it are, and uh, the bottom line is I really don't have any views. I just take in the information. I, I'm not going to make a decision one way or another because yeah, I but what do you think? Too many. My point is like, what do you think so far? You could say that. Yeah, I, I could. Say, it's that's that's the problem <laughs> though. Like, like after we made the 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 alien top five thing, I was super convinced that something went down, but. I don't know. I flip flop back and forth. At this point, I'm just like, there is something strange going on. I'll agree with you on that point. Other than that, I I, I don't have the the knowledge or the know how or I'm not just gonna I'm not gonna jump to a conclusion. And that's essentially what anyone's doing at this point is jumping to a conclusion. Hmm. Yeah, but I think you can say what you think so far based on what you know. And by golly, that is what I think. Is what? Is I don't have a view on it. I have no conclusion. I'm right in the middle. If you had to make a decision right now. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's, that's I'm rough. Not, I won't even say, like, aliens. Let's not even say aliens. Are vis- Do you believe that there is a, something greater than a microbe? So let's say, like, a little chipmunk, at least. Yeah, or, I do. Or some, like... Uh, you know, little walrus swimming <laughs> in some weird ocean. You know, I, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, 100%, I, I, I think so. I just watched a little documentary called uh, My Octopus Teacher. and Oh, yeah, I wanted to see that. How is it? That's really that's really cool. You should check that out. But even just watching these octopuses, I don't know, is it octopi? or Octopi, octopi uh, yeah, there's different. You can actually say I've that one different ways. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, just watching those things, like, change color. And when they're, when they're sleeping, they change color and... It's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, I saw there was a video, I think, where this guy, um, or was I reading something? I forget. That's, there was an octopus, and it like this guy was like losing fish out of his tank. He didn't know what was going on. And he had an octopus, but it was in a completely different tank. This octopus would like unscrew the latch on its yeah cage at night, go out, crawl across the ground on on the normal surface. You know, crawl up the side of the, the other cage and then go up there and start eating the fish out of the other tank. Yeah, and that's one of the main themes in this movie is because they're an invertebrate, um, they have a completely different reasoning mindset. Again, I don't think we know that much about it. I, I'm assuming we're jumping to a lot of conclusions with that, but they do have like this whole reasoning behind that because the the this guy he friends an octopus in the movie and. He like he goes and he visits it every day, and this thing becomes actually like comfortable with them, and mm-hmm. he watches it like play with fish and stuff. It's it's pretty pretty crazy, and it it, it comes up with these different techniques to avoid uh, predators like sharks and stuff. And they, he just talks about how their mind is it, it works in a completely different manner than ours would. Um, but that's that, that's that actually is kind of the... as closest to aliens as we're gonna see right now. What's the um... The Arrival is that the one with like Amy Adams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's similar. That movie is about like, um, um, spoiler alert. Well, that movie's been out for like 10 years or something, five <laughs> years, five years at least. Yeah, I know. We don't want to tickle someone the um, wrong way, though. So that one, they they figure out like they have to figure out how to communicate with these aliens through this like glass, yes, and they end up figuring out they have like seven appendages. So I forget what set whatever uh cephalopod or something like i don't know it was yeah, yeah. seven appendage whatever it was like a oct- huge octopus octopi type thing um 
and they figured out that basically what you're saying, like since it has seven appendages, it thinks in some sort of way correlated to that, like it's cognition. Yeah. So that was how they ended up like figuring out how to communicate with it in the movie. It's actually a phenomenal movie. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like it too. Um, what's the one with, um, uh, Natalie Portman. Do you when know what the, I'm talking about? Yeah, when the the is the that one even really crashes? alien? You know, like is it a, it is alien, but it it's is. Not. And then the end of that one's really weird with that bean. Yeah, let me see. I'll find the name of that. I can't remember, but I I, I saw that in the movie theaters. That movie's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I liked that one too. I mean, I think that I thought the um, Arrival one was better from like a um. Like how would we communicate with them, kind of a thing, but yeah, it was a little more realistic. It's called Annihilation. That's what it was, Annihilation. Yeah, both good, really good films. If anybody's interested in that kind of stuff, sci-fi, that those are right up there. So, um, so back to the review of Phenomenon. Um, you know, it talks a little. Jacques Vallée is actually in it a decent amount. Um, I mentioned that file he discovered, and then goes into another school sighting, I think in Westfall, which is in Australia, um, and a bunch of school kids again. So that was weird too. Like what's up with these school sightings? You know, is that, is it some school, some galactic school coming to, you know, learn at the school of earth, you know, who knows what's going on there. But, um, so there were some similarities and some stuff I hadn't even heard of. Uh oh, there's one that was close to home too, the Ann Arbor Hillsdale area sighting from uh I think it what was that, sixty six? Like Gerald Ford, who was a congressman at the time, got involved, uh, who eventually became president. Um and uh Heineck, I think try that's the one where they said it was swamp gas. They like tried to write it off as swamp gas. Mm. Can you talk where, about to the Stars Academy in this one? Yeah, at the end, like I said, they talk about Luis Elizondo, um, you know, the the videos and the Harry Reid stuff and the program. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If you're gonna make an alien documentary, you got to bring that kind of stuff in there too. You know, that's that's the most compelling stuff. I mean, thus far, right? Those videos. I mean, I mean, I I mean, the pilot testimonies, all that stuff's interesting. I mean, where does it go from here? Is there more videos? Is there some technology being worked on where we can see more of these things regularly and kind of build data off that? You know, I don't know. Where does it go? That's why I kind of lean towards more of the consciousness-based things because we have the technology now. We have a phone. We have a you know a camera and a video camera in our pocket, and it doesn't really seem like more things are being caught. It kind of seems like it's uh, still a steady trickle of information. Um, yeah, why is it always the dude with like the flip phone in <laughs> modern times trying to catch? You know what I'm saying? Like same thing with ghosts, though. Like if that if yeah. those things are actually happening, is it is it in a physical? Is it in our physical realm, or is it more of a mental thing that you're tapping into some kind of other dimension or? Something's communicating. I mean, with what, you. what if we built? I mean, is it about building algorithms, you know, to help see these things? That might be something too. Yeah, or I like to be. I'm more of the proponent of raising the consciousness as raising your vibration. So maybe 
as we as a, as a, as a full society raises our vibration higher and higher, which we're obviously having trouble getting past the point we're at now. But I mean, well, right now it's probably yeah, it's at a very there's a big dissonance going on right now. But that's the kind of stuff that happens before a big wave that would push you over. You know what I'm saying? You need to you need some kind of uh, alterations and problems to bring th- more things into the forefront and other people can get on board and realize they need to make some kind of changes in their lives. You, like take me, for example, I had some predicaments that I needed to, to face and me facing these problems made me live in a whole new way and see things in a whole new way. So it was like you need to ruffle the feathers a little bit to push you in that, that right direction. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you're right. I actually, I, I think that, you know, you had a little rough patch there and you kind of came out. I, I don't know. I think you're in a, the best mindset I've seen you in a long time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got to, it's ups and downs. And the one big thing that I've given up is the, is the alcohol. And it's, it's an interesting way to live because, you know, whenever, whenever a problem hits you, you always want to just turn to that. Like it's an easy escape to just kind of silence your mind. But when you don't have that crutch, it's harder to, it's not harder to deal with it. You're just forced to deal with it at that time. Usually when you drink, you're just pushing that problem to the next day or you're just drowning it all together. But the fact that, that it's, you're, you're dealing with things sober when you fix something kind of stays fixed. Um, you know, I think for me, it's, I mean, it's similar, but it's different. Um, obviously we have our own things, but yeah, I think that if you can, it's like a bad habits of like thinking, you know, like you get like mm-hmm. stuck in these like cycles. So it's like, you have to break constantly be aware of it and then break free of it. And then, you know, you can get to that point where you're starting to create good cycles. And if you create a good enough, good cycles, well then it's like, now you can kind of get back to maybe like what you look back as, you know, the good old days of your past or whatever. It's kind of like back into that zone a little bit. Right. And don't get me wrong. I, I struggle with things day to day. It's just a, you, you treat them day to day and, you don't try and go to, I, you know, I obviously I have anxiety and things like that. And that's a projection of bad things to happen in the, in the future. Um, so I've been really trying to focus on that and understanding where that's coming from, understanding how to deal with it. And a lot of that's just being in the moment and being present. It's that it's, it's not that simple, but it is that simple. Absolutely. Um, so and then so in the documentary then it goes into the whole thing with the whole Edward Con- Edward Condon, you know, um he's a physicist, you know, he started a whole thing where they were lo- were looking into all the UFO sightings um and that was via the University of Colorado, I think. Um I th- what I think happened was he made some weird statement like uh I don't think there's anything to the UFO phenomenon but I'm not supposed to come to that conclusion for another year or something weird like that. Meaning, like meaning like he was told to come to that conclusion regardless. So, right. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, and then it gets into the whole, well then the, everything kind of ends a little bit in 1969. Um, but then it, the documentary shifts into like the whole nuclear aspect of it, which would be um, reports of these things shutting down, you know, I think Harry Reid even mentions that these things shutting down the nuclear capabilities, even if they wanted to launch them, they couldn't have, or something like that. And then, um, 
what else do they mention? Uh, just all the different incidences reported at these different facilities and even things that happen in like Russia and stuff like that. Um, so lots of weird stuff regarding new, and if you look at the phenomenon, it starts and picks up after World War II. What happened after World War II? Well, at the end of World War II, we dropped two, you know, nuclear bombs, which devastated Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So, yeah. um, that maybe had an impact on a lot of things, you know, those ripples might've been able to be felt throughout the universe, you know, in some degree, you know, we talk about Indra's web, the new app, but that's the concept of Indra's web is that everything's connected almost like a neural net or like a brain, you know, think of like the universe is a bunch of neurons and everything's connected and each pearl or uh, an Indra's net. It's like a bunch of jewels and pearls that reflect off each other. So with this concept, the universe is a bunch of connected strings or chords or you know whatever so yeah and i i i really dig into that concept myself because i i think everybody on earth is 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 connected in a way and we need to embrace that and when we do then we treat people as you treat yourself and that would be another stepping stone into getting into this new level of consciousness um i think sometimes though when we talk about these things um, when you're talking about somebody just mentioned dimensions on there when you're talking about dimensions interdimensional or like 5d or whatever you know we talked about that i've recommended that book flatland by uh, edwin a abbott it's like a turn of the century book but it just describes like what something in the first dimension would see of dimension two and what dimension two would see of dimension three and so on and so on and so forth so maybe ufos are something that we're not you know, we only know of the spatial dimensions that we're aware of now. Does that mean, could there be more? And if there could or is more, does that mean what we're seeing of UFOs is only part of something, you know? Right. Or the well, edge of makes, something? It makes a lot of sense that the only, the only way you can capture the UFO is through the mind. Because think about the technology. I was just thinking about this while you were talking. Was, my camera is so advanced. I was out there trying to capture a lightning bolt and just ripping photo after photo after photo and it's like no one's ever captured a, a, a ufo like in a in a nice camera like the ones that they, everybody has now right so it's got in my mind it's got to be something that has something to, you know it's something built in within you that's allowing you to see this phenomenon mm. yeah it could that it could be it could be also something beyond the beyond the five senses too, you know, it could be something having to do with your, I don't know, something weird having to do with like awareness and consciousness, like consciousness, if it's like a field and not just, um, confined to your, your brain then, mm-hmm. or your body, then maybe that opens up the door to thinking about this thing in kind of a whole different way. So, well, let me ask you this. If, is there any location on the globe that it seems to be more prone to this stuff? Yeah, we're all the U, we're all the nuclear, I mean, out west is where, I mean, when people, you look at a lot of, like, the people that do, like, UFO shows and, you know, things like that. It's all, like, desert-related or near Area 51. It's all kind of Vegas, L.A., Washington, you know, it's all out that way. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. You know, Chicago is actually a hot spot for UFOs, but I'm just saying in terms of a lot of the sightings are out west near 
all the nuclear facilities. And then if you look at, that was actually in the documentary too. They had like um, a time lapse where it went through like each year and how many atomic bombs were dropped or nuclear bombs. That's pretty cool. And where it was dropped and like what country. And then it had this tally. And then he gets to the top and it's like, we've dropped like over a thousand. China's dropped like 900. Russia's dropped like a ton. And you it, just seeing them all go off and this this like time lapse is just absolutely nuts. Yeah, let me reiterate that. It's not cool that they, there's bombs being dropped, but it, I, I'm sure that's interesting to see the level. I've seen like videos of, uh, you know, like the best video games for the year and like the ones that sold the most. And it, it's crazy to see once you get to a certain time. Yeah, nice pivot, bro. Pivot. No, I, I just wanted to make that clear. I'm not, I don't support war or anything, but. It was probably it was very slow going, and then all of a sudden, boom, mm-hmm. like a bomb. No pun intended. So okay, so that that happened. So after the again after World War II, you start to see this whole thing, and there was a lot more testing that happened after that too. So um, I mean, it never really stopped. So maybe these things are something that keeps an eye on that. I mean, they could be von Neumann probes. We've talked about that where. When civilization is able to create technology that can then create its own technology, you start to self-replicate throughout the universe and it starts to spread out exponentially. And then you start to probably see these things all over the place. So it could be something like that, maybe somewhere in the next galaxy or our galaxy and another solar system was able to create some sort of advanced um, android probes or something like that. So, Yeah. That would definitely be the way we would do it, but again, we're pretty earth bias. <laughs> you and the stupid earth bias. I mean, I agree, <laughs> I agree with it, but wow. I mean, here here's the thing. I so like philosophically, you know how we talk about like science, like it's always evolving, but you have to. You can't just be the one saying that it's it's just gonna keep diverting to something else. You have to help get it some does that make sense like you can't just be like oh it's just changing and that's it like i feel Uh like you have some sort of you have to interact with it in some way if that makes sense yeah because i thought about that too i'm like i can't just keep saying this is gonna evolve so there's no sense of like latching on because you do kind of have to latch on if you're gonna learn anything i mean you can't just you know keep saying you know parodying the whole uh scientific revolution and that kind of stuff because even though it's possible it might happen again soon we don't know the fact that science is at a standstill or whatever I, i don't think that that i don't know i just feel like you can't keep making those statements without helping do something to you know in some sort of way which i think we we try and do on the show i'm not saying we don't i'm just saying in terms of how you look at it you can't just keep um handing it off to that if that makes sense well the, like l- let me put it like this i i'm a photographer so you can't just like all of a sudden just go out and just start taking the weirdest pictures ever i mean you could but it's good to learn everything mm-hmm. and then you break the rules with some kind of knowledge behind what you're doing so it's that's that, that's essentially what you're saying it's good to learn everything and then you can kind of jump <clears throat> around and and make accusations or, well, okay, or try so, to break out of the box. So, so here's where I think it would make it is to have the knowledge of the whole ever changing, ever 
evolving whole, whole aspect of it and to use that in some sort of debate against somebody who's dogmatic that they have all the answers or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that, that, that's never been the way me or you have approached anything. No, I know. I'm just, but I'm making the point because I feel like, again, we have like an application. You can't just, I just don't want to keep making that same point about science always evolving and not add the context that you should still learn science. If that Exactly. Makes yeah, well, we I, I do say it a lot where it's like, oh, 100 years ago we believed this, so 100 years ago what we're believing now is going to be worthless, but that's more of a more, more of joking in a sense. Obviously, no, I know. No, I, I, know. I know. We're building towards something, but you got to kind of take it as a grain of salt in a way because some kind of revolution will happen and we'll be like, wow, like look back, the, the earth is flat is a good example. Everybody thought that was the norm. No. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's it's round, and now that's the the way it is. So. Yeah, I mean, a, a long time ago, they thought that, and then they thought it was round, and then they tried to go back. You know, like, and now you have, I'm just going to say it, not the most intelligent people that believe that still, you know? So yeah. I, I'm, look, I, I mean, that's well, one thing. Th- I think the ba- the basketball player that even made was, that was saying that, I don't know what his name was. He was on some uh, interview and he was like, yeah, he goes, I, I was wrong. I was wrong about that. <laughs> uh, I so think it was maybe, Ka- maybe Kyrie Irving. I know. He, <laughs> um, but I, I think that when you, uh, you, you have a responsibility, obviously he, that was stupid of him to make that, argument because if you're not prepared to like look into something wholly so but my my whole point about the the you know the earth thing is is like we have all the video we have all the photos and whether they and math the math is really the math exactly great point and then you have all way you know different ways to debunk it and then you have when you listen to these people that believe it isn't round you know they try they don't ever try and explain it in like a scientific way or give you why the reason why they'll send you to like a website or a video on somebody else trying to explain it and then that thing is the dumbest thing i've ever seen mm-hmm. so it's never like that person's able to like you know explain it away it's always like oh check this video out or check that video out it's like they give you links to things it's like i don't want a link you know so. Well, that's that's one of our use, most useful tools is the math because that stuff does, it doesn't change. So if you can use that to prove something, then you have yourself a very good foundation of yeah. The ancient Greeks, point. like you, to your point with using mathematics and geometry, the ancient Greeks knew. You know, so I mean, I don't know. I think that it gets to, that one. That one's frustrating because I think that that was like a prank or just something that started trending and then. People just jump on board, and then pretty soon there's people that don't know any better and, you know, maybe haven't looked into the topic at all. You know, I know, I don't know. Well, that kind of stuff happens all the time, especially now when there's, it's good that there's tons of information coming out, but then there's also information that's that's not being regulated, and it's like, who who do I believe? But that's what I was going to say is, like, you can't make the argument that there's, too much information and then you don't know the answer to things too if that makes sense like you can't make the excuse oh i didn't know any better well all you have to do is look it up you have google right. on your phone right i mean almost every single person has a smartphone these days but so. that's that's where we get in the trouble is when we're relying like people need their intellect you it's fine like you could throw a bunch of facts at me and play the game one of these facts is a lie you throw three facts at me people got to use their own intellect 
So you just take it as a grain of salt when you're watching videos online, you know, use your own brain and decipher what I like to do. I, I, I dig down deep and I see what resonates with me. But, you know, me and you had some pretty good schooling and stuff. Unfortunately, a lot of these people around the world weren't brought up in a society that has that kind of education. And it's not a bad thing. It's just the way that it, that it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to just use your own intellect. And I think a lot of people aren't doing that anymore. And that's that's the problem that our society is going to face. Uh, people just not thinking for themselves anymore. Because yeah. why would you? You need, You have a calculator in your pocket. You don't need to learn math. Right. Well, again, I think it just comes down to um, not, again, just not having like the drive to like, or the passion. Like, I don't care about that. I'm not going to look it up. So it doesn't matter to them, but they're still going to have an opinion on it. So that's where it comes to this thing. And it's like, oh, you don't believe this or you believe that. So, um, but yeah, I think the whole, uh, that whole thing should be put to rest i don't even know why that's i still see people talking about that but i don't poo poo anything though i'll sit there and listen to, to somebody that's my point gonna... when i've tried to listen to, to just see where <laughs> they're coming from right. and unfortunately i not only do i not see it they send me links i don't want to see these links so <laughs> right right um but so but so back to the ufo thing um the nuclear thing is very interesting to me because what does that mean you know um, I've gone back and forth on this. I think for sure, extraterrestrial or breakaway civilization checking in on things, making sure things don't get out of hand. But then I also think, well, what if this is just other countries keeping tabs on each other with that whole thing too? You know, maybe the, the highest echelons of each society or country that has those capabilities is checking in to make sure the other one doesn't you know, get out of hand or do crazy stuff or have some, something they don't, you know? So I don't know. I've gone back and forth on that. I think that the whole turning stuff on and turning it off and stuff like that, I think is kind of crazy. So I think that that screams something more weird and mysterious than just advanced technology. But I mean, that's kind of where I stand on that. Well, that's, that's kind of where our, our family has a connection to this weird stuff a little bit with our grandfather being a, a pilot and uh, having some kind of experiences. I don't really know the full story, but I know some stuff happened up in that plane when he had that the uh, a bomb on board, right? Uh, yeah. Our grandfather uh, was a well. He was on. He I don't, he wasn't flying the plane. He was on the plane in the Korean War, um, and they were in a bomber and they were flying. So he was next to one of the bombs and. They had some system where another plane would call them off, they, but they make the same run like all the time or something, and then they get usually get called off, and then sometimes you don't get called off, and then you apparently drop it. Uh, this time, they weren't called off, but there was also some like weird orb thing in the sky, and this was all during you know right after obviously the Korean War is a little bit later, but like the whole Foo Fighter thing, I guess it was maybe something similar, um, and just when they got back down, I guess our grandfather asked the pilot, he's like, what did you see? Cause there was this like crazy thing happening. And he said, uh, I guess he like quit and like his face was white and he was just like out of it. So I don't know, mm-hmm. weird things happen. And, um, actually that I'm trying to think what episode we did with our, with oh, John, that was a long John Hogan. Yeah. It was one of our first episodes we did with John Hogan. I think it was on like ancient Egypt. And at the end, I'll try and find it and put the link at, at the bottom of this, but 
Uh, he tells the story, which he knew very well. Um, I think it's the ancient Egypt with John Hogan or something like that. Yeah, unfortunately, we really weren't around. Well, we weren't old enough to, to have these kind of questions for our grandfather, but that's... Uh, yeah, he passed away when we were like five, so... Um, that's that whole nuclear age, though. That seems to be when things started to ramp up. Yeah. Um, and so... The, but the weirdness, it's like, what's going on? With all the... I mean, so some things can be explained by natural phenomena, I would think. You know, like people, some weird lights could be earthquake lights or plasma discharges or something. Of course. You know, weird like that. But I do think that when you start seeing 90-degree maneuvers and twisting in and out of pilots and up and down and playing around kind of stuff, I think that that speaks to something more, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, the the stuff that we have on tape... Obviously, we have more technology because we have it on film now, and that didn't exist back then. I mean, you so do that, make a good point, though, with all the DSLRs out there and people taking astrophotography and people with night vision. I know people with night vision that see weird things regularly, but I don't know if they know exactly what they're seeing. You have night vision on It's not like it's a telescope. But um, we, also have, we also don't really have a full understanding of the Earth and the natural phenomenon that happens on the Earth anyway, so... Some of that stuff may be just natural occurrences. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think they, again, I don't think they all are. I think that there's some pretty credible people in the military and stuff. But I was watching it with my wife, and uh, she was asking me, well, how come, what did she say? She said, how come these people come there and tell them, not to talk about it directly after, like how do they know who saw it or where they saw it? And I thought that was, I never even really thought of like the, you know, the whole men in black. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. So like, or you would, you would have to think that, okay, so they're either tracking these things and they know about them via radar or special technology unknown or whatever, or they're something weird themselves. Or the other possibility would be they're keeping it tabs to make sure people aren't aware of whatever this crazy technology is. Right. which would make a lot of sense, but again, some of the stuff tracks back to the forties and But again, how do you how do these people always know where these people live and how they who they saw? You know, do they just go through the pattern again, do they know that the route or pattern through radar and then they'll just canvas that area and make sure you know, like how does that happen? Well wasn't Stephen Greer like able to know zones that were gonna have activity? I think he, when he he mentioned that he knew like the Phoenix lights were going to happen beforehand or something. I well, in that one documentary, he was taking groups of people out and he was like communicating with them. Or he well, knew that's not knowing before that. Yeah, that's know. how to make contact. Oh, he has like a process. That's what that whole thing is about is via like meditation and right uh, is like calling these things in kind of. But if he's the, if he knows that, then I'm sure others know that. So maybe that's one of their. Techniques. Is that true though? Too. I mean, does oh, that 100 percent work? I mean, that's you're you're under the assumption that that's 100 percent real, which I'm not saying it's not. But I mean, I'm open, but I'm not going to just like blindly say, yeah, that that's what's happening. Oh, I'm not going to say it one way or another. You just I'm did. Just, I, I I told you what you gotcha. was doing. <laughs> We have it on tape, ladies and gentlemen. He committed, finally, and he committed to the wrong thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I again, I know. I mean, it's just, 
I like the whole idea of the meditation and being able to contact these. And like I said, the weird thing in that I had via meditation and then lucid dreams and stuff like that. So, um, I'm not, that that's the one I'm not opposed to it. I just like, I just, like I said before though, I, I'm not going to just believe just to believe, like I want to see, you know, the weird picture from that documentary CE five. It wasn't, it wasn't proof to me. It was just like, that could have been an artifact. I don't know. Well, some of those videos were for sure fake. I think they were either those like lantern things that people throw up in the sky or something, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I know not all of those videos I saw in CE five were 100%, you, you know, the best UFO footage out there. So. Yeah. Right. So how does this, this, uh, documentary stack up? Is this probably the best one you've seen or, um, was it worth the 15? <laughs> 20. Um, yeah, I mean, it was worth it in the sense that I was entertained. I thought it was really well done. Kudos to, you know, James Fox. And again, great, great job with the narration by Peter Coyote. Mm-hmm. Um, that name just sounds funny saying it. It's I like, love that. <laughs> well, that's, that's my hiking name. When we go backpacking, we all have like animal names and mine's the coyote. Um, so yeah, I liked it. I thought it was well done. It was kind of here's what it was. If somebody didn't know anything about this whole topic or was kind of interested in it and wanted to learn a little bit more, I think it's perfect. Obviously, I knew a lot of the stuff in there just from us doing this podcast and watching other documentaries and just being interested in the topic. But somebody that doesn't have that much um familiarity with all this stuff, I think, you know, it's perfect. So. so it's a good hour and a half crash course. On yeah, and there's the not like a, a narr- again, there's not like a person or a narrative where it's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna have another <sighs> documentary next year, and right. this is the narrative. You know, it's not like that. It's just like here's information. This is what these people in the military said. This is what you know these congressmen are saying. This is what you know. So it was all stuff having to do with that. Well, to the Stars Academy is one of the most uh, controversial organizations. When they were talking about them, they just are like, this is an organization dealing with UFOs. They didn't really go into... Well, that's because the difference of opinion, like, to the Stars Academy has their narrative, which is, they don't know. These things could be a threat. They may not be, but why not make sure kind of a thing, right? hmm You know, like, err on the side of caution. Right. And Stephen Greer's whole, you know thing is is he's saying that these are good beings and it's us that's the evil and we've been what do you you know we've been looked down upon or whatever these we're not part of this whole galactic community because we set off nuclear bombs or whatever you know so like that's his yeah. whole narrative is we're the ones that are intrinsically evil that we need to change or whatever so just a difference in philosophy there um Again, I don't know if they're particularly evil, you know, but they could be... I don't be, have that feeling. They could be, if, let's just say, we're somehow related to them, whatever, if it's some weird genetic, you know, to the whole Bruce Bruce Fenton thing, or genetically, or, um, you know, whatever you want to say. If we're related to them, then that would mean that maybe some part of us is part of them, and if that's the case, then we might have some similar traits. Like, maybe there's... Again, I mentioned this on the last one. There could be aliens that are Mother Teresa's or, you know, Gandhi's. And then there could be ones that are like, uh, you know, Ted Bundy or, yeah, yeah, or whatever. 
some evil person. So, um, you know, there's this probably the same spectrum if that's the case. I don't know if that is the case, but I'm just making the point that, you know, if you believe that we come from them or connected to them, then there has to be some sort of connective tissue or crossover, I would think. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it with the documentary. I thought it was well done. Um, you know, different, like I said, you know, uh, there's no real agenda if you're just looking for information and like military clips and, um, newspaper, you know, reports and stuff like that. That's, that's kind of the documentary that it is. So I definitely think people should check it out if they're interested in this topic. Yeah. I like stuff more uh, that's just in the middle and they're not trying to push anything or trying to have you, you know, commit to one side or the other. It's just, here's the facts. Again, use your own intellect and then you can go from there. Well, and I mean, documentaries are kind of objective by nature. Like there's always going to be something this would right. I'd say the objective of this documentary is to say, Hey, look at this long history, 70, 80 years of crazy shit happening. Okay. And then from there, there should be some sort of transparency or we should fig- try and, you know, who knows what and who who can help us, you know, or enlighten us on what's going on here if, if somebody has knowledge. So um, I think that uh, that's the objective. But I think that when you look at, like, again, other documentaries, there's other objectives. Um, and I'm not even saying that they're negative or whatever, biased. It's just that when you make a documentary, there's some sort of, part of your ego that's involved and I, did, I felt like there was a little, very little or least amount in this documentary which is good well yeah the the inherent nature of a documentary is to bring not bring knowledge and awareness to a subject right so that therefore you're, you're you are trying to sway someone if it's to save the ocean or whatever it may be right that's the whole point of the thing so yeah right so but yeah check it out um, I think it's worth it if you're if you love UFOs or you love the topic, check it out. Um, and I'm sure at some point it'll probably be available for rent. I don't know when, but yeah, I think it's usually like a month it comes out, especially in today's weird, weird world where movies are just coming out, you know, for the first time on TV, you know, on. Uh, Dude, I, I should have gotten in the game. Like I, I remember I told my wife when we first started dating, like ten years ago. I'm like, how somebody's got to invent just movies right to your TV because I'll I, whatever I'll go to the movie theater I I enjoy it but it's not my favorite thing to do it's I just want to see the, it's a pain well I just want to see I just want to see the movie I don't really care I guess what the atmosphere is is my point I don't need to be I have a you know a relatively decent sized screen I don't need to see it on like a thousand whatever it is um but uh, yeah well Quentin th- Tarantino wouldn't agree but. <laughs> and there are some, you know you want to go see star wars and uh 3d imax yeah that's awesome of course mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be but certain movies i don't think it matters or most movies i should say i don't think it matters so uh but yeah like 10 years ago i said why aren't we you know i wish so i too bad i wasn't in the uh the film industry because this was kind of already happening too before uh this whole thing hit so right well, I don't think there's. I think the movie theater's lifespan's not too. It's gonna be kind of cut short. Already here, getting shaky. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I gotta say though, I hope the one by me doesn't close down because their chicken tenders are the best chicken tenders <laughs> I've ever eaten in my entire life. 
<laughs> chicken tenders and a Slurpee, you can't. You're you're in heaven. And they they bring it to you too. It's 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 actually again. I I I know chicken. Oh, I like those ones. This is for this is trust me. It's the best chicken tenders there ever was. I don't know. I think is it. I don't know. It's like a twenty-one and over movie theater too, because they serve like mm-hmm. alcohol and they bring it to you and stuff. So yeah, there's one by my house. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, for that experience, absolutely. But again, there's a lot of movies that's like, do I really want to see that? Is it even worth it to go to the theater? I think that's what the TV option gives you. Is like, I don't want to do the whole thing. And well, there's a lot of movies that I w- I want to see really bad, and then I go and see them. But then there's other movies that I'm on the fence about. If I could pay 20 beans and sit at my house, I'd probably do it instead of going and paying 10 each. Yeah. The same price. Hey, you make a bowl of popcorn. You uh, grab a nice Mountain Dew if, yeah. for, for you. I know that's your favorite. A little bit of rat juice. And you're I'm not going to lie. I had a Mountain Dew on my birthday, and this thing tasted unbelievable. I hadn't had it in forever. <laughs> it was so refreshing. I don't, I'm, you know, I don't drink them that often, but when I do, it's, it, it's tasty. Yeah, yeah. But you can't um, have if you have more than one though it starts to get you can't do it. It's I remember be as a kid we'd have these sleepovers. We get a twelve pack. We thought the twelve pack of Mountain Dew was like a, a case of beer. <laughs> and you drink these things and play NHL '96 <laughs> all night long. The whole point was to stay up all night. But again, I guess that was some weird way of us trying to alter our consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. Candy, sugar. Oh yeah. We used to do a thing called Smorgasbord where we'd go to the store <laughs> and buy tons of like snacks and then go to our high school and play roller hockey on the tennis court. It doesn't even really add up that we're guzzling sugar, <laughs> but then we're also working out at the same time. But that was the Smorgasbord. Yeah, those hockey games got intense too. I remember there was uh, some diving at points. So. Oh man, I love that. I love that stuff. I, I miss uh, competitive sports when you get older. It's just not the same. I could yeah. probably get into a league or something, but man, do I miss those old days. Yeah, I mean, I can't even, I, I think back, I used to ride my bike like every day to school, and so now I, I try and get on this thing, and I feel old and decrepit. Yeah, well, you, if you do it more, more than once, you... You, yeah, you still ride your bike, though, don't you? I ride miles and miles. I went yesterday, it's it's so nice right now, I'm trying to suck in all this, this sun until, you, you know, it's going away soon, so, mm-hmm. I don't know. I bye love bye. Michigan and stuff, but I'm going, uh... I'm going down to Florida here in a couple of he weeks. Because I'm disappearing. Soak up. <laughs> Soak up that sun. He's getting sucked up in a UFO, folks. Yep. And on uh, that note. Um, but yeah, that's it. We'll, we'll wrap it up here. Um, we have some cool guests coming up. And then we're going to probably do, since, we, I don't know. We tried to, um, I don't know who I was talking to. I think the publicist for Brian Murrescue. And uh, he said something's going on. He doesn't know what's going on, so might not happen. So, um, which is a bummer because I wanted to talk to him, and we we're going to wait to do our Lucinian Mysteries episode till after we talk to him. But since it looks like it might not happen at all, um, then hey, if, if it's in the cards, it's in the cards. You hey, know I'm, we're we're always down to do it. It's open. I get it. Things come up. I'm not, you know, it, like I said, it is what it is. But at the same time, let's we got to keep moving on with our show. So we'll probably do that Ancient Greece Part Five, the Lucinian Mysteries. I want to do that Super Volcano Part Two, and we also have some guests. So beautiful. That's it. And then we're gonna figure out. Uh, let's see here this weekend. What's going on with the shirts? Um, some have already spoken for, but we'll either put the rest of them up on our Patreon or we'll maybe we'll add like a 
store page to our uh, website at mindescapepodcast.com. If you haven't checked it out, please go there, check it out. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, whatever you're listening to our podcast on, because we are on all podcast platforms, please check out our uh, YouTube channel. And if you're watching right now on YouTube, please check out all our audio platforms. And um, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. For $2 a month, you will get exclusive content. And uh, I think that's it. Nicely said, my friend. All right. Well, we love all you and uh, stay safe out there and definitely check out the phenomenon. If you have not already, it is worth it. I think I'm going to try and convince Maurice to still pay that $20. He's a hard man to part with money, but I think I can do it. (laughs) And, um, but uh, yeah, check it out. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check you guys out next time on Mind Escape. Cheers. Bye-bye.